0: What up, everybody? Pete Kennedy here of Subway Sports Talk. Thank you so much for for joining today. And uh, as you might be able to hear at this very moment, it doesn't sound as crisp as it always does, but that is just due to some technical difficulties, a.k.a. my Wi-Fi being out. The podcast was recorded, but I could not post it. It hurt my feelings a little bit, but better late than never in my books. So here we go. We got Alec Argento and Andrew Kalania joining me in just a moment to talk all things baseball. The Yankees are now ready for a playoff push more than ever. So the timing might be just right. We also discussed things like MVP, Cy Young, some of the most impressive teams around baseball this year. And of course, we wrap up the Mets season and try to find some silver linings. And maybe it's hard, maybe it's not, but there's definitely a few things that I think are building blocks. I think we'll be happy with Mets fans, but obviously this year probably didn't go as we all planned. Uh, But why I'm here, don't worry. The audio gets better after the intro song plays. Just wanted to let you guys know we recorded this on Wednesday night. So some of the data, maybe some of the things we said, will make complete sense. But overall, this was more of an evergreen discussion about this season uh, of a 60 games. And, you know, a lot of players putting in big-time performances and the Yankees really getting ready for a playoff push. So it was a great conversation with Alec, with Andrew. I'm Pete Kennedy. This is Subway Sports Stuff. If you like what you've been hearing, tell your friends. Subscribe, rate, review. All that stuff is appreciated to the max. And, uh, you know, if you're enjoying this on a weekend drive down to a getaway or something like that, sitting in your house, we've got a little weekend action for you. And we'll be back next week with football, basketball, and baseball, of course, only on Subway Sports Talk.
1: Subway Sports Talk.
2: Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please.
1: All right, Subway Sports Talk. Now I'm joined by my baseball guys. It's been too long, the designated hitters. But we're here, and crazily... This season is basically over. It's going to end, you know, by the end of this weekend, season's done. We're on to the playoffs, and that is blowing my mind. With football, with basketball, with everything, we've been sports overload. It's been great fun. Uh, But now it's time to really break it down, get into the thick of it. About the Yankees, you know, the Mets are kind of on their way out now. Puncher's chance technically, but we're not feeling too good. The Yankees are still in a seat in which could become the driver's seat. But now I'm rambling too much. Let me get our, our guys in here right now. First and foremost... Alec Argento, what's up, dude? Sup? You know what it is. It is be- baseball is sup right now. It's <laughs> sup. That's what's up because uh, the-, the playoffs are sneaking up on everybody. Obviously, you know, with me probably being a little more into the basketball than you guys, uh, it extra snuck up on me. I-, I imagine it did for you guys too. And-, and also Andrew Colonia is here. What's up, Andrew? Hey. You know, it's uh, it's crazy. You guys obviously keep up with baseball a bit more than me. Um. Do you feel like this playoffs snuck up on you as well? It can't just be me, right?
3: Oh, for sure. I mean, it, it, the season feel it, it should be May right now, and it's hard not to feel like it should be May, especially when you know one start from a from a starting pitcher can put them into side Young contention or kick them completely out of it. So, uh, yeah, it, it came out of nowhere, and especially now that football and basketball are in the thick of their seasons and their respective spots, but uh, you know, the season starts for the Yankees when it's the playoffs, so it is what it is. And you
1: know that, that's funny, and we're going to talk about that specifically with the Yankees, because you know there was a lot of different moments in this season for you Yankee fans, right? Eight and one start, still not feeling probably that great about the eight and one start as we discussed on this podcast, but the wins were wins, and we, we appreciated it in the time, but then there was all the injuries. It came in crazy hot, and then you know, I hear Yankee fans, and this is where I got to call you guys out a little bit, you know. Oh, we're eight and one. This is great. We're gonna run to the playoffs. We're gonna be championship contender. Easy money. Then all the injuries come. Ah, frick! This season, uh, sixty games. Who cares? It's not legit. Now you guys are back in the thick of it, and uh, the energy is starting to come back as well. As the home runs flowed for the Yankees over the past couple weeks, you know the energy for fans really came back into the season. Andrew, the roller coaster ride of good and then bad, and then the season's over because the injuries. Now we're back and better than ever, perhaps. What has it been like to watch this team night in, night out?
2: I mean, it's 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 yeah it's, it's, the it's baseball, is Susan. It's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's, a, it's an accurate statement. But you know, I, I, I don't I don't know. I honestly think that no team is is as good as they are when they're playing at their best. So you know, when the Yankees got off to that hot start, I was like, okay, they're they're good, but I don't think they were this good. But then when when they went five and fifteen in that stretch you know it was kind of it was looking pretty bleak there that even with the expanded playoffs that they might not make it um so but i don't i honestly didn't think they were as bad um you know as they were when they are playing when they're playing just awful baseball and now that they're you know now they won they won 10 straights and now they're starting to struggle a little bit but you know i really hope that they can kind of get it together and kind of have a little more momentum as they uh, go into the playoffs
1: yeah and and that's I, really
2: i do it, just right? want to say one thing. I, I think the last time I was on the pod was uh, after
3: that eight and one start. Uh, and I was, I had some trepidation about how the Yankees were were going. And then, you know, it seems like yesterday, but then the five and 15 start happened. It's just been, it's been super, super, super weird. And Boone has been managing this season super, super weird. Uh, so I all these records for these two week stretches, just they're they're super wonky. And even though the, the season doesn't start till the playoffs doesn't mean I'm super confident going into the playoffs.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And, I mean, that's the the thing, right? It's all about being hot at the right time. And and then we're going to talk about teams like the White Sox and teams like the Padres who, you know, despite there being some nice expectations for their seasons, we weren't quite expecting this level of winning baseball from them. And now, did they blow their load in some ways? When we get to the playoffs, are we going to see teams like the Padres, you know, who were led by Tatis for so long this season, now struggling? Maybe the same for the White Sox. The home run ball gets a little dried out. And then, you know, we're like, what happened to the White Sox? Well, maybe they weren't ever, you know, what we thought they were. And that's what this season is going to prove. That's what's kind of being proven in the bubble right now in basketball. It's like, oh, we had all these ideas uh, based off of a shorter season. that It didn't complete our ideas, right? So, in basketball, obviously it was going on as normal. And then the end where it really ramps up and you see those big games for the Clippers and for the Lakers and the likes of – Uh, The Bucks and whatnot, where things get more serious, and it's not just easy peasy. The Bucks are the first seed. Things change in the playoffs. Right now, baseball is in that same exact boat. Without the stoppage, it's just been one shot through. Where these these wins in the sixty game setting are nice and great, and and appreciated appreciated by fans, I'm sure across the country. But when it comes down to this other style, where the game slows down, as we've seen in baseball in the playoffs, it becomes slightly different. Will it continue? I don't know. We will have to see. We will discuss how we feel about the Yankees and some other teams going into the playoffs. But let's talk about these 60 games or 55 games at this point. There's been some stellar performances by teams and players alike. So we did our MVP picks before the season started. And you know what? We, we did all right. I think we actually picked a bunch of players who were real close outside of Aaron Judge and his obvious injuries, um, which derailed his MVP season. We had some good picks. I know Acuna was mine. Um Mookie Betts was Alec and and he's obviously right in the thick of it. I mentioned Tatis as like a, a sleeper. Um Juan Soto. Yeah, Juan Soto who missed, you know, he's only played 43, 44 games, something like that. But he's in the thick of it with his numbers. It really is crazy. And we saw some stellar performances from the stars of this league. So um, you know, Alec or Andrew, whoever wants to go first. Are are you shocked by some of the totals? What do you think about some of the totals? Uh, you know, home run count, RBI count, things of that nature in this setting. We weren't ex- sure what to expect. Off the jump, when you look through the stats in, in the league right now, do you really feel like you can get a grasp on on what's truly been uh, an awesome season, MVP level versus just a nice season?
2: Yeah, like if you look at like Luke Voit's uh, home run total, he's got twenty one. Mm. So in a in a one hundred sixty two game season, that's a that's a fifty seven home run season, which is kind of crazy. I didn't. I honestly going into this, I didn't think anyone was going to hit more than twenty. Um, in a 60 game season, but uh, I don't, and the ball isn't even juiced this year, and, and that's the that's the crazy part, uh too. That that, that uh, these guys are putting up home run like respectable home run numbers in a in 162 game season and, and only a third of the time. So it's uh it's
3: been and, wild. And
2: it's yet another thing that's been kind of
3: crazy too is you haven't had like a, a long stretch of time where it's been hot out. And that's mm-hmm. usually when the ball flies the most, right? Like, obviously, yeah. you had you had August and whatnot, but but it's cold now, and, 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 and home runs are still flying, which, you know, that's something I know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and, and just thinking about the numbers, right? So I, I, I was trying to, in my brain, when thinking about what the totals were going to look like in this season, I was trying to remind myself of what all-star break numbers looked like, which is usually what, like 70, 75 games? Is that right?
2: Yeah. For all-star yeah, break? around there. Yeah, so there. yeah, so a little it's a more little, than a little, little more than half.
1: Right. So I I remember like what was the year Brian Roberts? Didn't he have like one year where he just went bonkers with home runs? He was in the home run derby and stuff. It was like, dude, Brian Roberts, like what's going on right now? But mm-hmm. it made me think like, you know, there is these possibilities where, you know, players will put their best stretch of games into the first stretch of the season, and that happens all the time we see people go into big slumps after they were the home run leader going into the home run derby all-star break, right? So, uh, 20 felt sustainable to me. I'm honestly going to say, I I thought, and there still could be in the last couple games here, I thought there would be more than one person. Right now, it's just Voight. I mean, Obreu's at 19, and then there's a bunch of people at 17 and 16. I think, what, we get two or three tops? And, And that's crazy. I expected it to be a few more than that.
2: Well, that's just that just shows how great of a year Luke Voit has been having. I mean, ever since he's come over to the Yankees, he's always done his hit. Um, I think, uh, you know, since he debuted with the Yankees of August 2018, he's been the top uh, offensive first baseman in all of baseball. So, I, I mean, yeah, and he's I doing know, it on one foot. He's doing it on one foot, and he played and – and that was – and you're counting the stats when he was horrendous in the second half of last year when he was basically uh, playing with a torn abdominal muscle. And he was just playing through it because the Yankees needed him to because, again, everyone else was hurt. But this time, you know, he's playing through an injury and, uh, you know, he's, he's putting up MVP caliber numbers. Um, Where would this team be? I mean,
1: we're not going to dive into the Yankees too much, but when we're talking MVP candidates, which we want to do right now, we'll talk about Cy Young's in a minute too. Luke Voigt, you know, needs to get a shout, right? Because, yeah. you know, baseball is a little bit easier probably to look at. It's a, as a stat sport when you are going about awards and stuff like that, especially with analytics nowadays, you look at things like OPS and whatnot. Um, a narrative obviously plays a part, right? But Luke Voigt has done enough with the numbers and enough as far as value given to his team and how much importance he has in that lineup. He needs to get a shout. So where would the Yankees be without Luke Voigt right now? He has been by far and away the number one most consistent weapon in that lineup. Obviously, DJ's injuries you know, he, he would have been there too. He missed a handful of games. So where would this team be without the Luke Voigt power?
2: And, and I, I, even if you could talk about his stuff on the field too, but like he, when the Yankees were going through that five and uh, 15 stretch, he was the one who was vocal about and kind of took that leadership role and just said, Hey, you know, we, we, we fucking suck right now. Like we need to get it. We need to be the Yankees. We need to, teams need to be intimidated by us and and we need to get our collective act together. And then, you know, shortly after he, you know, he was public about that, uh, about those comments. He's actually turned it around. So I know we talk about MVP. Um, I know everyone has their different definition of it, uh, whether it's the best player on the best team or the person who, uh, you know, who, who would, whose team would be lost without them. So, you know, you might, that might take a Juan Soto, you know, out of, out of the, out of the race. But again, the Yankees wouldn't be um, where they are right now without Luke Voigt. We talked about it in our group chat before, but like, who, who like the
3: AL MVP would be? And it, it's going to split a lot of votes. It, it, I, I think it's going to come down to. Remember you know, when Rick Porcello won the Cy Young, and it was just thinking yeah, he had all the second place votes, and he shouldn't have won the, the, the Cy Young. I think that's what's going to go on this year. You're going to have something weird, but I think that there's just so many people there in contention. I, I know Drew is mentioning the Shane Bieber, someone who's going to who, who who should win MVP, but I think pitchers are, you know. But very rarely does do that actually happen, and the, the Indians kind of stink anyway. Uh, and you have you have Mike Trout, who is always going to get votes anyway. and DJ and and Luke Boyd are going to split votes, and um, you know Tim Anderson himself is, is going to get some votes too with, with his batting average. And Jose Abreu, it's just going to be really wonky, and I don't know how it's going to go. I think it's going to go down to narrative at the end of the day when it comes down to the MVP voting and the Cy Young voting for the for the uh, for for uh, the end of the season.
1: I think a really interesting narrative is that Jose Ramirez remembered how to play baseball. I... He
2: looked he looked so he looked so lost uh, for a lot of 2019 and 2018. The guy was just like, he went from being uh, a, a top three player in the American league to to, to literally uh, almost getting DFA'd at one point. It's insane. Um,
1: like, dude, He so the, the main reason why I was aware of this is because I had him in fantasy in a keeper league and I was like, bro, he was sick. He had a, a slow end of the year, but, you know, he's still a stud. Like, he's an MVP guy or t- MVP type of guy um, protected in the lineup and whatnot. And and then all of a sudden, I kept him, and I'm like, this dude is, is terrible. Like, what happened to this guy? He was doing so bad, and now this year, you know, he's back with uh, 17 home runs. He's batting two eighty six with a three seventy eight OBP. Uh, it's just so crazy. Baseball almost more than any other sport, perhaps football – you know, solely based on maybe an offense's overall firepower can really hurt someone's numbers, but even a bad team good receiver can put up good numbers, right? Jose Ramirez just fell off the face of the earth last year, and now he's up here with the top of of, of the American League players looking just as good of, as the next guy with a chance to win this MVP. So well, since we're talking about the AL, let's let's just let's do it. What narrative with the statistics works for you guys? Andrew, I'll go to you first.
2: I honestly think it's uh, I think it's DJ LeMahieu um, for he's leading uh, the American League batting average uh, on base percentage WRC plus um, he's like third in slugging for some somehow DJ LeMahieu ten home runs uh, constantly just being that presence at the top of the lineup for the Yankees and always just always getting a hit and always getting the clutch hits whenever whenever you need him to be so uh, I think it's, I think it's DJ LeMahieu for for me, because like I mean, Jose Abreu is fine, but the, his his batting average is uh, 3.32, but his uh, his on base percentage is is barely is barely league average. All right, um, he's 3.70ish, walking, and, and, and along with everybody on the White Sox, they're not walking. So like the only reason why his uh his OPS is is up there is because his batting average is high, and that's just not sustainable to me. Um, and plus, he's a first baseman that uh, I don't know not really doing anything in the field where DJ's playing a gold, 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 glove caliber defense as well. So I, I think it, I, I would personally give it to DJ and that's, that's I'll hundred percent admit that it's a, it's a Homer pick. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I
3: agree with you, right. When I am also a Homer, <laughs> but sure. I also just don't <laughs> see it happening because I, I think that they're they, the DJ and Luke are going to split votes. Right. And, mm-hmm. and additionally, DJ DJ missed a little bit of time, and I know it's a little bit of time, but you know it's it's the equivalent of what, like thirty games in in a real season. So like that's
2: that's a lot. Um, But I I just don't see uh, if he plays the rest of the season, uh, he'll he'll play in fifty of the sixty games. Yeah. Okay. So, Mm -hmm.
3: I I, but I I just think that there's I think there's other people that are going to be ahead of him. I think that like. There's there's people know what you're talking about like Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is having an awesome year. How old is he? Like sixty five years old. Oh my um God. But he's so Word. old. But I, I just I don't. Yeah, I don't. I know I know he's not actually sixty five years old. Thank you. No. Uh, <laughs> I don't I don't see DJ winning it just because uh, it's gonna split the split the votes there. I could see someone like Trout just winning it because it's the safe pick. There's not a lot of variables to it. Um, and you know it's not like it's not like past. Uh, baseball where nobody wanted to vote for a team that was out of contention. I mean, Trout has proved that year in and year out at this point uh, by being in contention for MVP. So I'm just going to go with the safe, boring pick with Trout uh, for the safe, boring player uh, and and just take it from there because I I just I, I can't imagine DJ running away with it or or Jose Abreu or Shane Bieber running away with it. I just think the votes are going to be split too much and Trout's going to get enough first place votes for him to, for him to come away with it.
2: How, and yet, I, see how do you how, how do you pick Mike Trout after we had this conversation <laughs> in our group chat of you just absolutely shitting on Mike Trout for for, for like <laughs> thank yeah, you, but thank you I, I'm, not, but I'm not a, you, I'm not, I'm not really a voter MVP.
3: I I'm not a voter though i I'll talk, do I think he's the, the he is the MVP no I don't think he's the he's MVP, trying to pick, pick with his brain which I, or, hey you know what honestly Alec
1: I respect you for picking with your brain and not your heart because obviously you know if everybody knew what you were saying about Mike Trout and how he's trash. He's the Russell Westbrook of baseball. I've, I've, and, been, on the, and, and I've
3: been on the record saying that I, I'm not going to get into this because I feel like I'm being baited right now. Yeah, you will, you will, I'm, you I'm will be 100% put in a corner but, but
1: but by the two of us. We will be the two big dogs I'm at the park be, putting you in the corner. Katie,
3: you don't watch baseball. It doesn't, watch it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter
1: how much I watch baseball. You, are, you, you
0: don't I'm watch Mike this, Trout. I'm,
3: better than this. I'm above this. I'm above this. I am not doing this. You're right? not above it. Uh, you act like in. you walk, I, watch
1: Mike Trout more than three times a year.
3: Well, the Yankees... Oh, yeah, well, oh, three, yeah. Three no, 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 year, right? Whatever.
1: So you watch him against the Yankees, right? So you're trying to come out here and tell us that Mike Trout's the Russell Westbrook of who, guess the, M- who of the watch, MLB. Guess who
3: else doesn't watch him for the, rest of, for the rest of the year? Everyone else in the world. They just look at his stats because nobody watches Angels games. Right. Nobody in the world watches Angels games.
1: But you just are completely so disregarding. You're doing. disregarding the fact that baseball and basketball cannot be compared in this situation. It's a silly argument that you make.
3: You're the one who compares basketball. No, you always say that he's
1: the Russell Westbrook of the MLB and he's never going to win. He's never going to leave the playoffs.
3: I say that because it's a good comparison. That's why I say
1: that. It would be a good comparison if Mike Trout had zero self-awareness, tried to do things that he wasn't good at all the time, and and nosedived his team into the ground every single year. That's not what Mike Trout does. He actually is the only thing keeping them in a semi-afloat place. Like, come on, dude. It's just not the same when you're putting up the numbers that he's putting yeah,
3: that's up a, in baseball. That's what, the, that's what the best player of all time, which is the narrative that the media wants. That's what that's what he's supposed to do for your team. Keep them afloat. When you're 10 games under 500 every year, that's that's what the best player of all time should be able to do. I'm not saying he's not good. He's very good. He is not the best player of all time. He, people crown him a Hall of Famer after his third year in the league, uh, which is ridiculous. And he very well could, could and should be a Hall of Famer. But he has proven nothing outside of individual stats in It's you are that good of a player, you should be able to carry a team. Every there's been countless cases in baseball where they have carried, where there have been players that have carried teams. He has never done that.
2: I just, I just want to say that Alex said he wasn't going to get baited, and then Alex just went on five minute rant. <laughs> Yo, yeah, oh I'm, I'm so sick of you two. You guys suck.
1: <laughs> you just sound silly. I just hope that you know that you sound silly because uh, you, you, I don't sound silly. I sound
3: I sound enlightened. <laughs> all of you guys are fucking sheep. You guys are sheep blinded <laughs> by this narrative that you're told he's that great. And you can't prove to me why and there's a stat that can uh, prove anybody in the league is the best player of all time. If you want to do that. And that's literally all the Mike is. He gets, no. his war, his war is inflated by the fact that he's a center fielder. His war
2: is center down this year, by the way, shortstop.
1: His war is down. Yeah, his defensive war is in the negatives, if you're being. Yeah, you want was, to be specific. His,
2: his defense has definitely taken a step back this year.
1: I'm just
3: saying. The way, the way the war works, you get you get added points in your war by by position. It's a silly statistic that is incredibly imperfect. So, you, if you are a center fielder, you automatically get a higher war than somebody who is a first baseman. That's just how it works. Well,
2: it's a harder position to field. That's why. But again, I don't think war is the end all be all. Of stats. Uh, I think that's it's what, just,
3: and I'm not saying that you do this, but the, the media, the narrative is that he has a more war than fucking Luke Gehrig or, or Babe Ruth or what Joe DiMaggio or whatever it is. It's like, okay, but that wasn't a stat that anybody gave a shit about until five years ago. Like, that's it's not how it goes. And it's a stat that's I, incredibly I imperfect. There's not even one definitive, there's not even one definitive.
2: War. war. There's, really, a, there's multiple war. wars. And, 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 and,
3: and, yeah, and then uh, there's also and there's also defensive war and overall war. It's just a bullshit statistic. I'm sorry. I don't like to curse on the podcast, but I get heated about Mike Trout being <laughs> the vampire player of all time. I said I wasn't going to get baited, but I got baited.
1: He <laughs> got baited I'm so, so baited. hard. I'm 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 fine with it. I kind of I was going to try to jump in before. I was like, nah. I just got to let this be. I mean, listen, can we, can, can we me and Andrew, because we're on the same side of this, can we specifically argue that uh, what Mike Trout does on the baseball field every single year for the past eight years or whatever it's been, uh, specifically, you know, is valuable to his team? Like, sh- yes and no, sure, because his team sucks, so we know, but yes, because of all the advanced analytics, right? But watching him play the game of baseball, like seeing the highlights, watching him move, watching him hit home runs, you know, he doesn't really steal bags anymore, but he used to like that. It's all incredible. The eye test is passed by a million percent. So for you to come out with this incredibly strong take, I I give you credit for it because you actually, you know, you, you have conviction. You don't always listen to the other side of it, but it's okay. Like, I'm not hating you for this take. I just hope that you know that it sounds silly. That's it. Like that's, I just need you to know that it sounds silly.
3: What I know is, what I know is that it, it sounds counterintuitive, to what you're being told. I get that. I get no, that but that's the case. Now, here, this is
1: what I, this is how I will make the basketball comparison because Russell West, what really pisses me off is, what, Russell, when, is when Russell Westbrook. In
3: sports, when in sports do we not value winning anymore? What, no, no. So I'm. I'm, I'm in like, let, me finish, in let me finish. Let me finish. We decided that winning doesn't mean anything. Why, why is Derek Jeter considered one of, the,
2: one of the greatest players of all time? Because he won. He I he think won Derek Jeter year, would right? tell that's, you right that now
1: that Mike Trout was a better baseball player than him. Right now, he would well, say.
2: You know, that. He, he had, and Mike Trout does have a higher war than Derek. He passed Derek Jeter last year in war. Last year.
1: Yeah, in like fucking half the season. Anyway, the point okay, is. So, so the point and is. You wait, look, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold
2: on. What do you value
3: more, MVPs or championships? I in,
1: baseball, I, 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 in baseball, there's a conversation there. In baseball, there's a conversation there. Because it is so hard to win championships. There's been so many great players in baseball to not win championships. Like. Hmm. And there's so many great players in every sport sure, that don't win. But
3: not win. the greatest of all time. Of, when you think of the greatest of all time, who do you think of? You think of players who have won World Series. For the, it's, it's mostly I mean, Yankees.
1: You talk about quarterbacks and, and Dan of, Marino gets brought up at, like, what, number six, seven on the list? He yeah, never won.
3: What's the first? what's the first thing you think of when you think of Dan Marino? The fact that he didn't win a Super Bowl. And that's the Why? reason he's not the greatest quarterback of all time. That well, you I, I, you will always say that Tom Brady or Joe Montana is better than better than him because they were because they won Super Bowls.
2: I think of Ace Ventura: Pet Detective when I hear Dan Marino. <laughs> that's a problematic Lace. movie. We're not allowed to bring that up anymore. Lace is
3: out, Dan.
1: Oh my God! All right, well, I think that's a good place to segue and get this thing back on track here because yeah, okay. we're get back on track. Rails. All right, so uh, you guys made your pick for AL MVP. I really don't know who the hell I'm going to pick here, like. To me, DJ, if he just played a couple more games, was a little less unassuming. Like, he just is... He, he's a guy who... He's boring. Other than he's boring. when he's you watch... like player. Right. I've heard 100 Yankee fans... So Trout. The, the Flash on Trout's pl- game is way higher. I'm just saying. No,
3: you're talking... Are you talk, well, no, I'm serious. I'm talking it's about watchability. You're talking about watchability. You're talking about his personality?
1: No, no. I'm talking about, like, watchability and Flash, like... DJ makes yeah, wonderful um, plays all the time, but Mike Trout hits balls that it's like, holy hell, this is going to be, you know, yeah. the, most, the most watched baseball highlight on Got Instagram it. for the next week. Anyways, DJ, the games and the unassuming personality and fl- lack of flash in his game, it just hurts him in, in the narrative standpoint. I, I, think, I think it's going to be, you know, the smart pick. I like Alex because of the second vote, third, second place vote, third place vote will help Trout stay up. Um, but I, I think it's going to be Bieber. I think it's going to be the. I think it's going to be the pitcher. Yeah.
2: I think it's going to yeah, be usually, Bieber. Usually, like the, the the pitcher usually wins when there's not really a a, a runaway favorite on a hitter because there's a whole bunch of guys that you can say, well, this that or that or this that, and then you look at Bieber who has a a one one point seven four ERA and seventy two innings with one hundred and twelve strikeouts. Uh, you know. And you know, it's eight wins. Yeah, I mean, right. wins don't really and mean. He, aces, he's but, eight. He's yeah. eight and
1: one, and he's got an incredible, you know, set Does of numbers. Does he have
2: starts left? Does he have any starts left? In, uh, on the no, I, th- I think that's. I think that's
3: it. Well, that's going to be tough. So I think they're doing that with all the, all the aces, right? Because I, I yeah, think they're a cold line, even though to he was slated. To... Yeah.
2: Okay. It's yeah, cause so gonna hard. You, cause if
3: you were to have one more start and Beaver. Gives up three runs, and then Garrett Cole goes out there and, and does a complete game shutout. Then you're completely changing the story, right? So I just wasn't sure if they had an extra game
2: uh, each there. I, I, they're all they're all basically done for the season. Um, so same Beavers, yeah, 100, 112 strikeouts in 72 innings, which is bonkers. Uh, he didn't point. walk any. He didn't walk anybody. Um, you know his his whips are point. The entire season. High. Yeah, no, he, his whip. he basically he, he walked 18 guys the whole season. Oh, okay.
3: So. I, I was going to say, if he didn't walk anybody in 60 games, uh, that would be <laughs> like yeah. the greatest season of all
1: time. Just call it the, the yeah. Shane Bieber Award. Just change it. Um, no, I, I I don't know if Bieber's the right call here just because, you know, now more than ever you can argue that the pitcher impact for the season is less, especially since his team wasn't good. But they won his starts, like, at a pretty good clip. And uh, yeah. it's going to be hard to argue that. And then all these other guys start splitting the votes. Trout's the only other guy, yep. and Rendon's not going to get votes, but he had a good year. Um, Trout's mm-hmm. the only other guy who doesn't have a teammate, even a teammate who's going to take votes for him. So, you know, um, Tim Anderson and Abreu take votes from each other, like Alec said before. So I don't, I don't know. AL MVP is a weird one, so we'll see what happens there. Let's move it to the NL MVP situation.
2: It, it, it's, it's just I'll, one last thing. It's just too bad that the Yankees uh, kind of put it, punched around Clint Frazier under the minor leagues, or else uh, he'd be in the running. Oh for yeah, the MVP vote as well.
3: <laughs> Do you think that Quinn Frazier turns into what he did this year unless the Yankees handle it the way they did? Because I feel like, and you know, he I was, I was a, I, you know what? Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because Drew told me that he would expect an apology on the pocket, and I said I would never do it. I'm gonna do it. Quinn Frazier <laughs> completely changed the game around. Oh this year, yeah, and I I, 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 I'm not a man who admits he's wrong very often, but I, it, part of me thinks uh, I'm a little woke on this that Cash and, and, and Crew were uh, playing a little chess while we were all playing checkers type of thing mm-hmm. to get him motivated because that's the personality that he has. Because yeah. you, there's no other reason that he can – he, he has, like, the fourth most defensive run saved in the league this year. And he only yep. played, a qu- like, two, two quarters of the season – or I mean, uh, two, two-thirds of the season or whatever it is. That's outrageous. That, that change is so dramatic that I think yeah. that he would not have been the player that he became this year unless he had that back and forth Scranton shuttle situation going on to where he is now, and now he's now he's our left fielder for the future. And I
2: would never wanted him to be the left fielder in the future. So, yeah. Alec, to and you, as he's ha- healthy from that concussion too, that feels like the that effect kind of lasted lingered a little longer than I think anybody. Yeah, would but, want
3: but even prior to the concussion, even yeah, wasn't prior a to the great concussion, outfielder. he was never a good defensive no at all. And now he, now he's making diving catch after diving yeah, catch, great, and making it look easy. Alec, yeah,
1: to you and to Clint Fraser. I'm proud of you. Is that the you. most
3: boring drop of all time?
1: Yep. And it's simple <laughs> and A And little applause for you and Clint Frazier for, for doing what no one, well, actually, a lot of people thought Clint Frazier could do, but uh, no one thought you could come out here and apologize. So shout out to you, Alec. But wait, NFL, NL MVP.
3: We got I, even, a- I
1: even
2: told Drew I wouldn't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just can't stick to a take, can you, over here? NL MVP. <laughs> Obviously, Alex sticks to takes with the best of them. Anyways, NL MVP. This one's a little bit more – I don't want to say black and white, but it's a little more specific. It's a little more contained in ways. There are a, a bunch of names here. You know, Tatis, Betts, Freeman, even Ozuna has some crazy numbers. There's some other guys there as well. But it's a little bit easier to wrap your arms around than the LMVP. So, so Andrew, who's your pick for uh, NLMVP?
2: I'm uh, I. I... I know he I know he's kind of fallen off a bit but I I still think Tatis because he's got the narrative. I I know he he hasn't been playing as well but like he's just like the, the narrative for the for the whole season's been talking about how great Fernando Tatis Jr has been and the getting rid of the unwritten rules of baseball and you know I, I think narrative really helps people here, when it especially when it comes to you know a crowded field like that and I think you know we've witnessed yeah, I I know he's been a, a great player and he's had some hype around, but I think we've honestly witnessed the, the appearance of probably going to be the, the next best player in baseball. I think when we say that Mike Trout is, you know, everyone thinks it's great. That Mike Trout's the best player in, in baseball right now, but I think the next, the next player that's going to come up and say collectively as a, as a group saying, this is the best player in baseball. It's going to be Fernando Tostes Jr. And, and I think he really made his entrance here. And that's why he's my pick for NL MVP.
1: I mean, at minimum, He's the most electric player right now, right? Like he's mm-hmm. the he's the most uh, most likely getting you to your TV. In one singular player. Maybe you can put uh, Degrom in that category if you just like are a pitching guy and you want to mm-hmm. watch him pitch when he when he shows up on uh, you know once a week. But it, it's been Tatis's season, and when you think about this season, he will be the first guy you think of. Unfortunately, though, for him, and I am pulling for him to win MVP because I, you know, did a little wager on it before the season started, so I really want that to happen, but there's a guy on his own team who has better numbers than him now, and Manny Machado consistently just chipping away, then he got real hot, and he literally across the board has better numbers than Fernando Tatis. Does that hurt him when you go to the voting section? I think it does, and it's starting to scare me a little bit but what Tatis does over the last four games can actually make a difference, which you probably couldn't say about any other MLB season. Yeah,
3: okay. yeah you're you're talking about you're talking about narratives, and there's a bunch of narratives out there that I think are equally is as strong. I mean, obviously we just talked about Tatis and 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 that whole situation going on, but like you just said, Pete Manny Machado being someone who everyone said you know oh he's just going there for his paycheck they're never going to win anything you're never going to hear from him again like that's a narrative in and of itself Mookie Betts after what happened with the Red Sox that's that's a narrative and a half too I mean Mm -hmm. and then being as good as he was immediately and impactful on the best team in baseball the Dodgers you know that's a narrative and then Freddie Freeman's got a narrative too like this would be his first MVP award and Freddie this could be a makeup you know one of those type of things where Freddie Freeman probably is is very deserving of it and has been deserving it over over uh, over his career and maybe that's the narrative too that he finally wins when he gets the monkey off his back in that regard because he's having an awesome season too and I yeah. really really nobody's talking about him. He was like uh, on
1: his deathbed with yeah. COVID
3: too. Yeah, he he was he said he was afraid he was yeah. going to die. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's a good pick, uh, and he's incredibly likable you know that's another thing too is like i i what I, I drew and i were, t- uh, were talking about this too before is like and Pete was obviously talking about too but the the oh, thanks man does not have the old heads yeah i'm sorry but uh, tachi does not have the old heads vote old heads don't like him and old heads vote for this award right and and mookie Betts is someone who bridges the old and the young, I think. And Freddie Freeman is also that type of player. Everyone likes Freddie Freeman in the league. Everyone who watches baseball loves Freddie Freeman. I remember yeah. when the Yankees were playing uh, the Braves, I texted you, I was like, oh, he would just be the perfect Yankee. I, he, there's, like, he would be the absolute pinnacle of what I would want as a Yankee player, not even just talking about statistics. So like that likability and, and getting along with the media and things like that, that factors into this stuff a lot. Um, and you know what? Throwing it out there too. Jacob DeGrom might get a couple votes too. Mm. He's not going to win it, but yeah. that, that could take somebody away. He's not mm. going to win it because he's probably going to win his third Cy Young, but <laughs> that could take a couple votes away from somebody else and affect things, right? Throwing all that stuff into it, uh, it really affects them. I honestly have no clue. Who's going to win in the NL? And even Juan Soto. Juan Soto doesn't really have a narrative.
2: He's just a young, good player in baseball. He's only but, played 40-something you know, okay. games, <laughs>
1: him and Acuna. Yeah,
2: the Nationals are trash, though. They're absolute trash. Like, well, they, Soto and Acuna the, have only played sure, 40, for sure. 45
1: games or so, so that's going to hurt them yeah. as well.
2: Yeah, for sure. Soto's only played 42. Yeah, 42 games each. Uh,
1: and another guy we didn't mention on the Padres, yeah. who also has numbers similar to Tatis in, in a bunch of categories, is Will Myers. That guy's been yeah. been hitting baseballs very far this season. Uh, so Plug in that's tough. I heard I heard uh, the best line on the uh, I think a Baseball Barbecue podcast it's called from the Ringer, and they said you basically took Mookie Betts, copied and pasted him in L.A. It's the same exact dude who's a stud, <laughs> and I thought that was perfectly said because it just doesn't happen all the time in any sport where someone makes a huge career change or goes to a new city or whatever it is. You know, maybe they even outperform, maybe they you know don't live up to the hype. They just copy and pasted Mookie Betts and he is still an absolute stud.
2: Yeah, and, and no one's locked and up it? for the ever. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's kind of crazy about this season too? Is like I know we talked about like, you know, would there be any real surprises? If you're looking at like the the leaderboards for, for both these leagues, like you have Soto, Freeman, Ronald Acuna, uh, you know, all those guys or are in Dom the top, Smith. The top yeah, well Dom Smith's in there too. If you're looking at WRC plus Dom Smith Don Smith is really the only, like, real surprise that you're seeing on, like, on these leaderboards here. Like, a lot of, like, even in a 60-game season, like, it's, uh,
0: The best player showed out. Yeah. To, yeah
2: they, they, everyone's kind of regressed to the mean here. Like, you know, you have, again, you have a couple surprises here and there. But, you know, the, the guys who you expect to be there are, usually, are, are there in the MVP conversation.
1: Yeah, and, and the guy who maybe you wouldn't expect to be top five on the leaderboard is Marcelo Zuna, but he is a guy who you
3: expect to be, you know, towards the top at least at a minimum.
1: Maybe not expect, but.
3: Oh, he, he's he's one of the best hitters in baseball. He's, he's one of those guys that just wakes you he, he falls out of bed and hits a home run. He's always been like that.
1: His power is yeah. off the chart. So I, I'm going Tatis based off of my own personal wants. I want that to happen. The narrative's behind mm-hmm. it. The numbers are not. So we'll see. I think Freeman yeah. would probably be like the pure numbers vote. Alec, what do you think? Mm-hmm.
3: I'm going Mookie just because I like Mookie. I think Mookie. Yeah. I, I can finally. I feel like I have you know six or seven years or however long it's been a of pent up me wanting to like him, and now I can officially do that and root for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I, <seen laughs> I think that. that's I think that's what, where it's coming from. But I have uh, that's that's what my heart's saying. My brain says I have no freaking clue.
1: <laughs> very cool. fair, very very fair. And we'll see what happens once the season ends and uh, uh, who these awards go to. I don't want to spend time too much time on the Cy Young. Uh, just because we spent way too much time already on that MVP conversation. But Bieber's the AL guy. Pretty much, he's getting the AL yeah. one, right? Does DeGrom yeah. have a, a true chance? And we'll go quick through this. Does he have a true chance to repeat this?
2: Absolutely. Absol- absolutely. I mean, the, the I think his last start, again, we're, we're talking about uh, a start can, you know, swing everything. His last start, which was his last time of the season, struck out 14 guys. So um, mm. he kind of made his statement there to, to get that third straight Cy Young when you know that puts him in really rarefied, uh, you know, company. He'd be the he would be the third or fourth pitcher, uh, with three uh, with three Cy Youngs that aren't in the Hall of Fame, um, which would be Clemens, Verlander, uh, Scherzer, and wow. the rest of the guys that that have it are, are all in the Hall of Fame.
1: And so, outside of Clemens, yeah. all those guys are on their way.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think Clemens will get in eventually, but uh, maybe he's gonna he- get in for sure. Yeah, maybe in the Veterans Committee or after he's passed away or, or something like that. But I, you know, he'll, him and Bonds and all those guys will get it eventually.
1: Yeah, and when Pete Rose dies, he'll join them too as well. It's such a shame.
2: Yeah, a shame. yeah, I think it's a possibility. What are, they, kind what of are you trying to say. prove? <laughs>
1: what are you trying to prove? You know what I'm saying? The guy, poor guy's is so old he doesn't even know what hallway he's in anymore. He's wearing Skechers just walking around <laughs> aimlessly.
2: Yeah, uh, <laughs> and,
3: and, and MLB, Let's talk Mets the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. MLB, we're getting
2: there. Yeah, MLB's in bed with all these casinos and stuff, but still, Pete Rose is banned from betting on uh on baseball so yeah. it's, a, it's a weird it's a weird thing but let's get, what are you let's gonna get do? to yeah you. we
1: ain't got time for that today we ain't got time for that but it's all good the other names i just want to throw them out there we got uh maybe perhaps a little trevor bauer action you darvish has been awesome uh this mm-hmm. guy lamette on on the padres uh has also got some insane numbers so those are probably the other names that would compete Dimilson? with Degrom. Dimelson dimmelson correct I, I did not know uh his first name i remember i just seen it all year d lamette on, like, the box scores and stuff. There you go.
3: Dillson. is a half.
1: That, There you go. Dillson. Maybe he'll win it. Uh, but let's move on to the Yankees. Subway Sports Talk. Uh, Pete Kennedy, Alec Argento, Andrew Kalania. We're talking baseball right now, and it's time to talk about the real – Meat and potatoes. You may not think it's the meat and potatoes because now it's way farther into the podcast than maybe we expected, but we got worked up. What are you going to do? When Alex starts saying stuff about Mike Trout, I get worked up, and and it's probably one of the only takes I have extremely strong about baseball is that Mike Trout's amazing, and you cannot change my mind. Anyways, the Yankees. The Yankees. They're (laughs) back? We feel good? I don't know exactly how to feel, Today versus tomorrow versus the next day. But it's all going to not matter once we reach Sunday and the season ends and we're getting ready for exactly who they're going to play in the playoffs, what their route's going to look like, and all that jazz. So, basically, just give me a confidence level that this team, not, we won't go with championship winner yet, but true championship contender, a.k.a. in the championship AL Championship Series. What's the confidence level there for the Yankees and Why?
2: Uh, I I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident. I mean, if you're going into a series uh, you know, again, no off days now in the playoffs, you still have a a very deep bullpen and you know, you still have, you have three reliable starting pitchers right now and Garrett Cole, Masahiro postseason Masahiro Tanaka and Debbie Garcia. um, You know, hopefully they can uh, secure at least the, the the home series uh, against the twins lock up that four seed. Uh, you know, they play a lot better in 2020, they play with so much better at home than they have on the road. I mean, small sample size. So, at home, so far, they've they've had 276, 366, 558, but on the road, uh, 217, uh, 316 on base percentage, slugging 356. So, uh, not great. Um, so hopefully, they can lock up home field advantage, and I hope that Aaron Boone can actually. Start managing playoff games, managing games like the, like they're the playoffs and that they actually matter. Um, Cause he's been doing too much of this thing where if the game doesn't go to script that he kind of just throws in the towel just way too soon. You saw him do it tonight as well. That the second they get down by more than like two or three runs that he'll just throw out, you know, garbage relievers and they'll, you know, just get lit up. So I hope that he has a lot more urgency and it, and it was kind of strange for him to to do that too, because he he did that in his rookie years as a manager, and I felt like he improved last year. Um, yeah, to not do that so much, and then kind of regress back to the mean. Um, you know, kind of making those rookie mistakes all over again. So I hope that that he can get it in gear, and uh, you know, but overall the Yankees, you know, they're healthy, everyone's healthy. They have the pitching to, to outlast uh, a lot of other teams. Um, in the in the playoffs, so you know, I'm I'm feeling fairly confident with a with a few caveats.
3: So wait, Drew, can you just explain to me real quick the postseason format in terms of home field advantage? So the, the wild card round is actually held in the stadiums, the respective stadiums,
2: yeah. right? Yeah.
3: And then following that, it's in the bubble, correct?
2: Yes, yeah, correct. That's correct.
3: Okay, so my answer is going to be, I, I don't have a black and white answer for you here.
2: Yankees mm-hmm. play
3: the Twins, if that's the yeah. case. and Yankees have right. home field advantage. I'm at, a 10, I'm at a 10 out of 10. If anything else besides that happens, I'm at a three out of 10 because they have been garbage uh, in, 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 uh, on the road this year. And then because everyone's playing out of, out of uh, their home field going forward, it's anybody's game. And then it's just going to come down to talent, right? Nope. Nobody's really been that great on the road this year. It's just kind of been a whole, you know, it's, it's, I don't know, maybe just a level of comfort in a weird season to, to play at home. But if the Yankees can get out of the first round, there, you know, the sky's the limit for that, but that's going to be dependent upon whether they can secure the four seed or not. They secure the four seed, I'm confident in the Yankees as, as a contender they could be there at the end of the season. Incredibly confident, actually. But that first wild card round is going to be a nightmare if we don't have, uh, if we're not playing the Yankees.
1: Right, and and that's where you know winning the division really becomes a little more important. And, and there was a point with the Yankees where the Rays started to get away with it. It's like, all right, maybe the division's kind of out of hand here, but it's okay. Now it's just going to be a harder road, and that's expected. And if I'm not mistaken, the Twins have quite the insane home record. So you do not want to go out to tar- the Target Field, Target Center.
2: Yeah, Target Field. Yeah, Target the- Field.
1: Yeah, there we go. You don't want to go. You don't want to go there. And it's funny, death taxes and the Yankees and Twins playing the first round of playoffs like that. Well, how many times has this happened? Like four no. in the past. Uh,
3: at least a million.
1: <laughs> it feels yeah. like it happens every single year. Uh, so I, it's tough. I think. Getting hot at the right time lends to the Yankees' favor. Now, obviously, it's not like they're specifically hot today when we're recording this podcast, but the general vibe of this team has a way higher level of confidence over the past week or two than it did the entire season before that. And that's really what this season is going to mean even extra, but that's always baseball, right? The Nationals being last year's perfect example where nobody thought they had a legit chance to win the championship. Nobody. They got hot at the right time. They made the right plays. They were, you know, calm, cool, collected. They had some comebacks, and it was a fantastic thing. I think the Yankees right. are in this perfect moment where you can start looking at their lineup again and saying, this is a problem for everybody. And that's just not what yeah. you could say in the entire season.
2: Yeah. And to and, and go back with the Nationals, the, the Nationals used that playoff format to, like, their their benefit. They pitched, like, the same six, five, six guys, basically the entire playoffs. And that's how they won a championship because they use the off days to their advantage. Now teams can't really do that. So, I mean, MLB, as they've done basically the entire season, they kind of just spring rules on on everybody just saying, Oh, this has changed. This has changed. This has changed. Now there's no off days. or else, I think I honestly think if the Yankees would have known that you're not going to have an off day for basically until the world series, that they definitely would have got another pitcher or at least a little more depth. Uh, in place, but uh, their depth is still, you know, better than most teams, but uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a slog. You're going to, you're going to see a lot of important innings go to Holder and Sessa and Loisaga where in a, in a normal year where you have off days and, and travel days where, you know, you'd be seeing, uh, you know, out and green and Britton and Chapman basically every single day.
3: No, I don't understand why the, why the Players Association agreed to all this stuff. It really doesn't make a lot of sense
1: to me. Also, who's asking yeah. for some of this stuff? Now, I get we Nobody. had an opportunity here to kind of get weird with it, which I usually get behind. Like, I'm all for getting weird with it. But it seems like there's a couple things here with baseball where it's like, wait, that one just seems kind of like, why? It seems unnecessary. With the extra playoff yeah. teams, sure, it's cool. It kind of throws a wrinkle into it. But there's enough of a wrinkle in this season? Who Who wanted this? I guess yeah. more it becomes like a, a money thing. I guess right. So there's more teams, more Obviously, games yeah. in the playoffs. A, so yeah. it is why, what it is, but I'm, it's just kind of weird.
2: And that's why Manfred wants to to do this next year, which is which is crazy, which is just straight up a money grab. Like there's no but how many games do you no, play
1: if you if you play 162 and then you know uh, make it to the World Series, you play what? Just under. 200 games, say you go like five or six games every series, right? Like, so, 100,
2: like 100, at least 185 games.
1: So add another round, like teams are going to be playing nearly 200 games. I feel like if anything this season taught, maybe maybe they'll shorten the season and then add to the playoffs, but then that kind of throws off the, the statistical you know wonders of baseball's history. So that's kind of weird, but yeah. it's changed. I don't know. It, it's going to be big interesting.
2: Yeah. Like he, I mean, and I mean points, for me, like... Go ahead, go ahead.
3: Yeah, well, I just like I, – I actually kind of dig the expanded playoffs. I just like the idea of certain teams being in it. The last week of baseball actually mattering for a lot of teams, uh, I think that's really cool. Um, but it's actually it, – it, it's really kind of an answer to a, an issue that baseball never really had, which is parity. Baseball has the best parity in all sports.
2: Oh, for opinion. sure.
3: I mean, you look at who – you you haven't had a repeat World Series winner since the Yankees did it in uh, – who was it? 98? Uh, 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 yeah, 98, 99. No, 99, 2000? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 98, 99, 2000, yeah. um, they won all of them. Yes. So, I mean, like, that's the last time it's happened. Since then, you haven't even had – I don't think you've even had anybody return to the World Series twice in, 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 uh, in a row. No, nah, the Royals um, did So, it's kind of an answer. Uh, like, the Phillies,
1: so and like and the and the Royals,
3: oh yeah, right, right, right right,
1: the freaking Royals. <laughs> right,
3: whatever. Frick.
1: Alec, you're dumb. But, you know, <laughs> it, it's, a,
3: <laughs> but it, it's you know that's so i and part of my brain is like I like that to people like, that like Toronto is playing for something right now that like right. the Giants are playing for things right now and just and that's really cool. But ultimately, it, it actually I think is going to be the detriment of you know it doesn't allow the, the the cream to rise to the top really if if there's just going to be some kind of wild card team that skirted in and gets hot like the like the nationals did last year you're a lot more likely for that to happen going forward and, and you know you, you're not going to see the best product on the field a lot of the time
2: i think but um then- i do i really
3: what's that yeah.
2: No, it's not even like, you know, when you think of, like, a Cinderella team, like, if it was, like, if every team got in and you have, like, a 68-win team, like, getting in. But, like, who who gives a shit if it's, like, a uh, 500 team getting in that's just a mediocre team getting in? That's not a Cinderella team, like, getting I mean, high. That's, the like NBA, the that's what
3: the NBA does. Yeah, well. That's what the NBA does. I mean, you, you can make, you make the playoffs every year, but more than not, one, of, one or two of those teams is below 500. What's
2: yeah. the next excuse? That's, uh, I yeah,
1: do no, that, know. That'll never happen. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't even have to say anything about the. Why are you trying
2: to trigger
3: me right now, Drew? Why are you
2: <laughs> trying <and> to trigger me? <laughs> sorry. I'm uh, sorry. I mean, um, uh, unfortunately, but, what you yeah, don't I, want. I'm just, yeah, I'm just not a fan of the expanded playoffs beyond this year. This year, it's fine. You know, it's a 60 game season. It ensures that, you know, the better team. You know, when the when the Yankees are going through the 5 and 15 shots, you, you know, people were panicking that, you know, maybe they wouldn't make the playoffs or they, maybe they would just be the 8th seed, but like, if it was the the normal season, like there would have been serious serious issues about the Yankees not making the playoffs. But now, you know, it, there was never really in doubt that they would have made it. So, you know, I was perfectly fine with it going this year. But beyond this year, it just doesn't doesn't make any sense, and won't incentivize any teams to actually spend in free agency or to to add or make trades. Or it will effectively kill free agency one and two. It'll it'll kill trades, and this that, that I feel like that's the best two parts of, uh, of baseball or at least for me, it's the transaction. Yeah, but you're, saying as a, you're
3: saying that as a Yankee fan,
2: you're saying that as a Yankee fan, I'm sure the Royals would be really happy to be able to keep players every year.
3: You know, I'm sure, I'm sure these smaller market teams would be happy if they don't have to worry about free agency and worry about trading their pieces. Like the Marlins always do after they're finally good and have to get rid of everyone. I think if you're de- de-incentivizing people, I think it's actually a better experience for the fans because not every fan is rooting for the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox, you know?
2: Yeah, uh, but, but, even, but even then, like, uh, the, like the, you just want teams to just, you know, just be like, ah, we're good enough. You know, we don't have, we don't want to spend and get better. You don't want to put a better product on the field, and and that'll just make everyone mediocre. I, I don't know. I hate punting your, I season. Think,
3: I hate your season. I hate punting your season.
2: I I hate I hate having to sell, knowing that your
3: team is out of it, like pretty immediately. And like I think it's awesome that the Orioles were. Competitive this year for the most part. Like I think that's cool because, they, like, like fighting for a playoff spot until last week of baseball. Like I think that's really cool. I'm I'm cool with that.
1: Yeah, I'm I mean, I'm with you more or less there, Alec, because it is cool to see because most mostly all of these teams have a player or two you can kind of sink your teeth into or appreciate. But what you don't want is the yeah. Orioles versus the Marlins in the World Series. And if, if the extended playoff, like the, the, Ori- the Orioles have, are out. You had
3: the Mets versus the, the Royals not too long ago. Yeah, That's and that wasn't that wasn't like,
1: you know, no one was happy like that the Royals won outside of Kansas City. Like, no one cared. You know, at least the Mets yeah. were a New York team. But if it, if it was the Royals versus, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a team that no one cared. Like, Royals versus the Pirates, we'd be like, ugh. Yeah. Uh, unless Nobody there were some superstars on the team, you know what I mean? So it, it's a it's a give and take. I'm just
3: saying, like, you, you, you get that stuff, and then it turns, it creates a city into a big sports town. Nobody gave a crap about Oakland being, a, like, a, like for basketball, and then the Warriors won a bunch, and then right. it creates this atmosphere to it, and they become a marquee team, you know?
2: Right. But how did the Golden State Warriors build that team? They They got draft picks, they tanked, and they got draft picks, and they built themselves up. And, and and another thing I'll say is that right, like, and they didn't have to trade anybody you, away, or so I mean, you know, that, that that incentivized them to keep on to those players. Well, uh, I will say is that if the Yankees did not trade away uh, as Chapman, and Andrew Miller, you wouldn't have Clint Frazier, you wouldn't have Glaber Torres, you would not have had uh, uh, Paxson. James Paxton, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have a bunch of those guys. You know, I think that's the that's just the natural way of baseball has always been.
3: That I think Britain, those trades, and
2: I, I think. Yeah. Jack Britton, I think, I think, you know, trades and transactions and teams going for it. I think that, I think there's something to be said about that. And I think that if you dilute the playoffs to that degree, I mean, if you want to add two more teams, if you want to talk about adding a second wild card or a third wild card team and and having like a first round buyer, something like that, then that, that's, I think that's a little bit, But six more teams, six more teams. That's that's, I think that's a little much. And I think that's just, a Oh, I don't think it's gra- perfect, but it's, it's, it's it's a straight money grab by Manfred and MLB. I don't think I'm it's the, perfect, but I think they're of on. It. I think
3: they're on the right. I think they're on the right track. I think there's things you have to iron out. Obviously, this is very dependent upon the bubble situation this year, which won't be a factor almost definitely going forward, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that affects a lot of things, but. There, I think that there's some things that they tried out this year. I mean, that's some, as, as much as I hate Manfred, he's, he's big into trying things out when he has the opportunity to do so. And if it works, it works. Do I ever want to see a seven inning uh, doubleheader again? Absolutely not. Do well, I might get it? The, the runner... That's a you nightmare. Get it. Do I hate having yeah. a runner on second in the ninth inning? Yes. Do I hate – what I hate having the runner on the second and the twelfth thing? Absolutely not. I think that's awesome. Go right, for it. Yeah. I don't want to watch another seven-hour Red Sox game. I don't know. I've,
2: so, I've, I've, I, feel like, I feel like Manfred's just trojan horse, all these crazy rules in the base. and be like, all right, well, he did. Here. He absolutely so it's, did. He's stuck. He's stuck with it. So we'll here, see. We'll here's see the happens.
3: thing, though. He's also – he's throwing a lot – he's throwing out a lot of stuff because there's a CBA coming up, and then he has bargaining pieces to say, ah, okay, we yeah. can get rid of this. We don't need this. That you know, that's a big thing too it, right you know I, I think that's a huge part of it because the, the, the players association and the uh and the league do not get along all right but i digress we don't need
2: to talk about math we are we are rambling so much this podcast it's here. great the juices are flowing we're in the
1: weeds. and uh you know what it's like now with all these sports like we did an episode on baseball like what three weeks ago maybe yeah. That's like half yeah. the season. It's like the whole season went by since yeah. the last time we did a pod. I mean, week one and week two of football, it's, a, it's the basketball playoffs already, you know? So it's not like yeah. we're bumping baseball for, you know, game 42 of the NBA season. It's for the freaking playoffs. So it, it's been so hard. So there's a lot of juices flowing here. There's a lot of things that need to be said. I do have a weird question that I'm curious if you guys thought about or have seen uh, firsthand. Have you seen anybody with um, the extra inning rule with the guy on second? Intentionally walk the first batter, make it first and second. Has that happened?
2: I haven't. I haven't seen it. I, I thought th- I thought about I thought it the other night, I and I was like, hmm. And I thought we were going to see more bunts, and we, I haven't seen any bunts. I've been oh, like that's because the pitchers really aren't hitting
1: it. Andrew. The pitchers aren't. They're the best bunters. The pitchers. Yeah. <laughs> you need maybe you should put pinch hit a, a pitcher so he could bunt a guy from second to third. Fuck em. Oh Fuck my god! But no, I was thinking about that the other day. I thought it'd be an interesting move. You know, you're uh, a top top uh, ten. You tell your pitcher walk the first guy, force any base. You really set yourself up possibly better than just guy on second. I don't know. Yeah. Just saying.
3: I yeah, I guess, I guess I I I I wouldn't do that if like if I'm if I'm leading off the inning if it's the top of the inning because every run is so crucial. Like I've seen plenty of extra inning games where. You score one run and then the other team scores another run like right. that happens That's pretty true. often but if, if you score two like I feel like two two is like you're probably gonna lose this game three you're definitely losing this game I don't think I've seen anything past that uh, with with the uh, with the extras so I mean if I was the home team and like I was trying to preserve it then sure but I, I just I, I can't imagine intentionally putting another runner on right. uh, maybe such a maybe you get schedule.
1: a uh, to the first, first get the first guy out, then maybe walk the guy. I don't know. It was just something I thought about. I thought it could be an interesting. Yeah, strategy. I could
3: see that. I I I could see that if you have two outs and you you put the guy on first so that you uh you can get the force to third if you need to. I don't I don't hate that, but never to start out the inning. I think that I think that's just kind of a, a, a leaves you open for a risk when you don't need to. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, so good. Pete. That was a stupid question, I guess.
1: Hey, you know what? It led to some conversations that led us <laughs> to a better place. so How about maybe I did a good question. Everything about that? Ever think about that? <laughs> think about that? <laughs> All right, well, last but not least, because we got to say goodbye soon because we're almost up to an hour of us talking baseball and whatnot. We just have to kind of wrap it up on the Mets, right? So there is an outside, outside chance. They basically need to win out. I'm pretty sure they're losing as we speak to the Tampa Bay Rays oh, yeah. on Wednesday night. You know, this will be out after that. Uh, so they have to basically win out. They need the Phillies to lose. They need other teams to lose. It's not looking good. Not that we're going to act here like the season's completely over because it's technically not, and we'd look silly if we acted like that. But it's not looking good, like I said. So can we wrap up the Mets? Can we just uh, can we each go around the room? This is something that uh, we like to do, Our friend, me and Alex friend group. We go around the room, everyone has to say two different things, one good, one bad. Can we go around the room here and just say one good thing and one bad thing about the Mets' seasons? Because there was some positives despite the lackluster win totals, uh, and then there's some stuff that just really needs to get figured out. Uh so Andrew, as our resident Mets appreciator and supporter, I'm gonna give you the floor first one thing good, one thing bad about the Mets season
2: uh the Mets the uh, good thing we'll we'll start with the good something good, something good um <laughs> take your offense. time, take your time,
1: stop song, stop song
2: <laughs> <laughs> something good, something good um no, well I, I i actually had to put that um so their offense uh second best offense. In uh, the National League this year, behind the Dodgers. Wow,
1: second best right now. Second best. So, right
2: looking, se- second best. so uh, in seventh overall in baseball, um, uh, by WRC plus, um, by uh, Offensive War, um, and a few other few other uh, categories. So you know their offense has been great. You know you've had great seasons from Dom Smith, Michael Conforto, uh, Robinson Cano turning turning back the clock. Uh, Nimmo has been great, great leadoff hitter. You know, even when Pete Alonzo and McNeil kind of struggled um, a little bit, they've they've shown flashes of brilliance too of you know why they were why they're all important pieces. All these guys are coming back next year. So, you know, you can kind of you can kind of be excited about um, you know, that, that offense still being, you know, a top a top you know, top three and, and not even not even just nationally, but in baseball. They're, they're a great offense that, that walks, that you know, they have they have some speed they uh you know they hit for power that's a it's a really good offense um and as negatives go i mean I, I i keep trying to choose between um the really inconsistent starting rotation and the really inconsistent bullpen um i'll i'll go with the rotation you know i i picked and i know when you asked me at the beginning of our of the season uh which Mets starter can kind of pick up for you know Syndergaard going down, and I I picked Matt, and Matt's been horrendous, Oof. absolutely terrible The sixth ERA, um ERA or something close to that. Uh, and you know so, the, I think it's am camp- I'm
1: seeing a nine right now, by
2: the way, in his ERA. Something crazy. <laughs> Sorry, I, I haven't I haven't checked in on Stephen Matt, but yeah, it's a, a crazy bad ERA. You know, Porcello is so inconsistent. Um, Waka's been awful. They the Walt started a bunch of games. You know, it's just been. You know, outside of DeGrom um, and uh, David David Peterson, uh, he's, been, he's been he's been fun to watch, and I think he's definitely a piece to build it. And, and maybe does Seth Lugo become a full-time starter now? Who knows? But, um, you know, so you have a little bit of hope going into next season. But, again, it was so, it was so inconsistent. And, you know, you have to build back up Lugo um, after not pitching as many innings this year and, and last year. So who knows if he can be a starter going forward. So you have a lot of holes in the rotation, um, outside of DeGrom and Peterson, uh, you know, you have to fill them in and, you know, the Mets don't really have the prospect, um, you know, to kind of fill it in after, you know, so it, it, it was, it was a real shame, uh, for them.
1: That's a good answer. Uh, The pitching staff is probably the easy negative to take, right? But you uh, went specifically to all of it, which is all bad, except for DeGrom. (laughs) (laughs) Outside of DeGrom. Literally, it's DeGrom, Diaz, and Lugo. I I guess that kind of spoils one of my good ones. I'll come up with a new one. But Edwin Diaz seems to be... That was
3: going to be
1: mine. I'm so sorry, Alec. Just take the floor go, go, go. Uh,
3: Well... Which, well, between between Drew saying everything about the mess and, <laughs> and the one thing I was like, oh, I'll sneak this one in there, I had nothing to say. <laughs> it was Edwin Diaz. He, he he doesn't look like the best uh, version of Edwin Diaz, but he looks like he's regained something and he's better than he was last year significantly. Do I trust him in a big spot? Absolutely no. not. But he's one of those guys where his stats look a lot better. Right? Oh, yeah. So, I mean- <laughs> there's that. He, he, he reminds me of the Yankee fan, and I, obviously this is a little you know, um, on branch since they have him, but reminds me of Dallin De- Batances where I always told to the Yankee fan, his stats are going to look great every year, but I never wanted to see Dallin in a big spot because mm-hmm. I knew he was going to throw a wild pitch or blow the game or whatever the case is, and Chapman to a gr- degree as well, honestly. Um, but, uh, so, but Edwin Diaz looks a lot better than he was, and that trade isn't looking as bad as it did because – you also have Robinson Cano, like like Drew had said, looking a lot better than he was. And you know, this for this year, they they weren't really the problem for the Mets. So I, no, I you know, definitely that was not. a net positive. If anything, they
1: me. were the, the um, only po- one of the few. Well, not only, but one of the few positives.
3: And you had a couple of bright spots there. I have a, few, a couple of people that emerged this year and I have a feeling that's going to be Pete's answer. So I don't want to take it like, like I took his, um, but uh, you know, the, the, the rotation I think is, is the biggest thing this year that was bad. I mean, I, I don't think anybody went into this and said, Oh, well, you know, these are a bunch of lottery tickets. A couple of them will break. I think everyone said outside of the ground, this team is garbage. And <laughs> for, for the rotation and losing Strowman so quickly didn't help. And knowing that Syndergaard was out already, and not that Syndergaard's been great for the past couple of years, but this rotation was never going to succeed. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, it's just what it is for this year. So that's my negative.
1: <laughs> and how funny how the turntables, right? So the Mets were this team with a great pitching staff who couldn't <laughs> hit, it. and yeah. now they have the second-best offense in the NL, and they can't pitch. And the Yankees have had this bullpen that was unstoppable over the past couple of years, and that was, you know, one of your bigger issues. At uh, different points of the season. So definitely turned quick. Yeah. Uh, one thing that neither of you guys mentioned, it's not on field specific, but the Will sold the Mets. Shout out yeah. to Steve Cohen. That's a positive. <laughs> let's go him and let's go new Mets under the new ownership. Uh, but specifically, you need to just say Dominic Smith, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Obviously, the things with JD, JD Davis were real nice this season. Like he had a nice, uh, nice run. Pete came around, showed the power again. We talked about. Um, Robinson Cano Conforto probably doesn't get enough credit as, as a great hitter in this league but it's all about Dom Smith we knew Conforto was good we, we knew what Nimmo could do we know about Alonzo McNeil we even kind of felt okay about J.D. Davis Dom Smith was a guy we never got to sink our teeth into because we never saw him play every day what did he do just you know just live on top of the leaderboards in the NL in a bunch of important categories uh, shout out to him he's an everyday baseball player from here on out and uh, it's, it's about damn time um, I mean the negatives. and it
3: wasn't a DH, which I I figured with the only way that he was going to be right. a consistent
2: player was if he was going to be. He's a better, play in the field
3: goal bet- here. Doesn't suck yeah, at the he, field.
2: No, he's a better defensive first baseman than Alonzo is. How about unfortunately, it? I think the, the best of lineup, the best uh, defensive lineup, is when you have Dom Smith at first base and Pete Alonzo at the DH.
1: Which is is crazy, but
2: uh, I just I yeah.
3: never would have guessed that. I thought I, I, I thought I thought he was going to have a good year because he was going to be their go to DH this year, and I, I couldn't have been farther from from right on that. I just I we got something to to talk about. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, for
1: sure. And, and for my you know final thing, it's like a positive negative. It, it, it's the classic thing. I, I'm trying to remember the exact text that my friend sent me. Oh yeah, he, this was it. He texted me before the season, or I asked him, I was like, how are we feeling about the Mets? And he said, the classic Mets line, infuriatingly optimistic. We did this podcast talking about uh, their expectations, and we talked about how MLB.com put their lineup in the top five and their rotation in the top ten or whatever the hell it was. Obviously, the the lineup lived up, more or less. Rotation did not. But those expectations with the Mets, they're the classic team, kind of like the Giants. It feels a lot like the New York Giants, actually. When they're (laughs) expected to be decent or respectable or in the hunt they just seem to do everything wrong and they can't get out of their own way and then it's the year where it's like "Eh, you know maybe they're frisky we'll see what happens and then they explode so it's very frustrating as a fan to kind of never feel like you know what you're going to get from the team I hope we found consistency with this lineup now let's just make this rotation a rotation again so there's some positives you can't say it was a a wasted season or a lost season because there was some really nice things but obviously disappointing as far as wins are concerned,
2: nobody mentioned Todd Frazier, on positives or negative. The Todd Father from towns New what? Jersey. He's a local. Guy. He's a local guy.
1: Never heard of him, not yeah. even once. Not Literally not World once. World not
3: Series never. Guy. Met
1: Oh yeah. Oh wow, that's pretty cool. I, n- I never knew that one. Uh, yeah. Todd Frazier. Well, on on wait, has he played much since he came in? Ten games he's played for the Mets. How about that? Two home. He's the bad, the like, Mets fan. One home is. run. I knew he played. Had
2: like cleanup in a ton of games. I mean, I knew he he
1: played like a handful when he first got moved over. I was watching, but I I haven't watched in like a week. I'm going to be quite honest. Uh, Can you blame me for not watching the Mets that closely over the last week? I watched one game in the past seven days, probably.
3: Shout out, shout out, Pete, for being last in our fantasy league. By the way, in a twelve-man
1: league. Uh, tied for last. Let's be let's be fair here. I'm tied for last.
3: (laughs) Hey man, I got you
1: guys right where I want them. Right, right there. You know, I'm I I'm t- I'm think I'm ninth in points. It's not looking great, but we got some things up the sleeve. We're gonna. It's about the long haul. The roster in first two weeks of fantasy, it, it ain't nothing yet. We just started, baby. I ain't worried about the banana hammocks. Don't worry about it. Anyways, uh, Subway Sports Talk with Alec Argento and Andrew Kalani and P Kennedy. Now it's the favorite part of the SST podcast. Last words, Andrew. What do you got for us?
2: Oh, let's uh. We'll see. Well, the, the playoffs are going to be a real crapshoot. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll be back on to preview the playoffs, but uh, you know, I think the Yankees really just need to kind of buckle down and kind of get some a little more momentum going into the playoffs. So hopefully, they can you know get their ducks in a row and finish how strong these last uh, four games.
3: They should bear down, bear, bear down for midterms. Bear down, for- bear
2: down for midterms. Bear- fat dog for mid. They need a fat dog it for, for the playoffs. <laughs> well played <laughs> uh, um my last words
3: are not about the yankees but um how, how how many years am i gonna watch the giants and uh go into like week five still thinking i have a shot at the division because the nfc east is such garbage and uh, everyone else is just garbage as equal amounts of garbage as the giants are um so yeah i i i I'm just infuriated that i still am so invested in sundays watching a one o'clock Game of the Giants every goddamn week, <laughs> dude.
1: You got to just officially batman. graduate to Red Zone and put the Giants on the small screen, just in case something good happens. You'll see it. You, you can't you can't uh, put absolutely yourself through it. Not.
3: Absolutely not. Oh, absolutely not. Yankees Yankees get Yankees get iPad these days. Giants get big screen, and I have this little tiny. T- I, I sent you guys a picture, but I have this little tiny old TV that I put on the. My- uh, I put the red zone on or something like that because I, I can't not watch Giants. Gi- Giants get precedent over anything because they only get sixteen games a year. Dude, Sundays know, fo- are the fo- best.
2: Fo- yeah, football for me right now it's just uh, it's just a vehicle for me to day drink and eat chicken wings. Um, and follow my fantasy <laughs> team. So yeah, you yeah, and nobody just,
3: else in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh
1: God. Uh, I will say I will say about um, fantasy and uh, I made the mistake. I did four teams this year. It's too many. Dumb. Three three is officially my absolute max, and two is officially my ideal. But I don't think I can get down. I think I'm in too deep with a couple leagues. And now I have four, and it's it's overwhelming. I'm like, oh, I got that guy. Oh, no, he's not on that team. Oh, I'm playing against him in this league. Oh, <laughs>
2: you're, you're, you're basically rooting for – when, when that comes down to it, that you're rooting for everybody. That happened to me last year. Where I thought I was gonna get out when I had three, and then I ended up with six. Oh my God, that's terrible. terrifying. Whole, I was rooting for the whole. I was rooting for the whole week. Oh. So I was like touchdowns. No, wait, yeah, you know. So I'm down to one. Pete,
3: if you have to, if you have to lose, if you have to lose a team, uh, since I was the newest league that I made with all of our closest friends, uh, would you lose this league next year if you had to?
1: Um, you know what? It's tough. I joined two new leagues this year, so I went from two to four. But in your league, I'm 0-2, and in my other new league, I'm 2-0. and So it really just depends on the results. Oh, but wow. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck it up wow. probably and just do – I'm just going to do them all, and I'm just going to figure it out. But the mistake Didn't that I did like make – the, the, the mistake that I made is – so I had the 10th pick in three of my four drafts, and I had the ninth pick in one of my drafts. So it felt like I had the same pick in all of them, and I just mentally couldn't allow myself to pick the same guys for my first two picks. So I got, like, real weird with it, and – I mean, my first and second round picks probably aren't my uh, detriments right now, but I don't know. My teams are real weird. There's a lot of things that need to happen. I, I'm not ready. I'm not, I'm not mentally prepared to look at all four waiver wires, and oh, it's a lot. Oh, I'm uh, getting stressed out just now thinking about too it.
2: That's, that's, that's way too much.
1: Anyways, this is fun. I'm going to be high he loses all four, honestly, when
3: he doesn't make the
1: playoffs. In oh, let's that's, <laughs> that's bet on it. <laughs> I'll make mean. the playoffs that's in that, your league amazing. right now. I guarantee it. In playoffs just, sneak in. That's just not nice. Then.
3: <laughs> oh wait, w- wait! One more thing before we go. Shout out Pete and my apartments for not having dogs uh, barking the entire time once in the entire podcast because we both have puppies here. Dick, Hell uh, yeah. We're just good boys and girls the entire time. That's
1: a good point. My my girl Shayna is actually laying on the floor right next to me. I can see her. I'm looking at her right now. She didn't make a peep. She is super duper tired, and she's now two for two, two podcasts, not one peep. I'm very proud of
2: her. So my my good girl. my son my son slept through the night for basically since uh, like. He's been four months old. So wow. he's humble, been out. Humble brag. 30, so a Humble brag. <laughs> I've been getting so much sleep. All the good I, boys uh, and
3: girls are getting boops tonight. Make sure yes,
2: Jack absolutely. gets a boop. He's going to get a boop in the morning.
1: <laughs> oh, man. All right, y'all. Subway Sports Talk, this has been great fun as always. Uh, we'll be back with a baseball preview at some point. I guess we might have to squeeze in three episodes next week because football, baseball playoffs, yep. and like we're really getting close to the NBA Finals. So. How about it? Sports, baby. That's what it's all about. Subway Sports Talk. Uh, bleh, 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 bleh. Alec Argento. There we go. I was about to say Andrew Col- I don't even know. Anyways, Alec Argento, Andrew Kalanya. I'm Pete Kennedy. As always, thank you so much for listening. Subscribe, rate, review. You know what to do. Have a great day.